Welcome back to the Quiet On Set podcast. On today's show, we'll take a look at the trailers for films premiering at the Gun Film Festival, including films like Decision to Leave from Old Boy director Park John Wook and the latest from Shoplifter director Corey Eda, starring the Parasite lead song Kung Ho. Then we got our first full trailer for David Cronenberg's Crimes of the Future and the directing debut for the Squid Game lead Lee Jung Jae in his action drama called Hunt. We also got some new films for the big streamers, one of them being for Netflix, a film called Hustle, led by Adam Sandler, will land on it uh, later this month, as well as uh, Apple TV Plus with Cooper Raves, um, Sundance Darling, Cha Cha Real Smooth coming to the platform um, in a couple of weeks as well. Then I finished up with Outer Range and caught up with the latest from DreamWorks Animation. And uh, finally, Lachlan and myself um, did take the time to watch the 28th outing in the MCU and caught uh, Doctor Strange in, in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I always think it's and the Multiverse, but it's actually in the Multiverse of Madness. Anyways. <laughs> All right, so uh, welcome back, Lachlan. Hello. Um, how are you doing this week? I am good, sir. On this glorious day that is, um, I think, which should be prefaced, today is a Friday. We record on Fridays, and it should be globally known as Kendrick Lamar has dropped an album mm -hmm. for the first time in five years. Day crazy. So how are you celebrating? Have you have you had a chance to to listen into his, the album yet? No, because My Chemical Romance released a new song, which is more important in my books. I'm sorry. One song. One song. Just the one Dude, one they song. haven't made a song And that took priority like, over... What, seven years? Eight years? Longer? Oh, right. So you are changing it to It's My Chemical Romance hasn't released a song in seven years, Day. I, that's blasphemy. It's actually Kendrick Lamar's day. Don't, don't take that away from nah, him. Nah, man. Nah, man. Um, but no... I also haven't had a chance to... I, I've listened to a few of the songs, but I haven't had a chance to sit through the whole album yet. Uh, but I'm super keen. It's actually why I want to jump into this show as soon as possible. So you can, so once so you we're can done, jump can out of the show. Give it a full listen. listen to, I know, man. I can yeah. see your opinion. You <laughs> Get me out of here. Over a dumb week, I'm uh, sorry. I'm sorry. Bro, uh, it's, no, I, no, no. I, look, I might listen to it afterwards as well. I've got time once we're done with the podcast. Yeah. For me, though, the fact that My Chemical Romance has come out with a song on a week or almost two weeks that have been a very sad two weeks for me uh, due to the fact that I um, I broke my drone. What happened to your drone? Uh, <laughs> flew it into a tree oh. accidentally. Did you, were you filming? I was filming. When it, it happened? Yeah. Which on the, on the bright side, when I was, when I was, you know, leaving it, you know, I was happy, but. You know, because I, I, I caught it on film. I, I would kind of be sad if yeah. one day the drone just didn't take off. But due to the fact that I was filming, mm -hmm. made me a little bit happier that I caught it on camera. But it's, uh, yeah, it's dead. I think drones can be, uh, drones are like warriors in the Middle Ages and they want to go out in battle. It would be really sad if they just died of old age. You know, they want to, fall mm. and, and die a warrior's death flying and crashing into yeah. a tree it's a little so i it's, think it's appropriate it's, it's quite sad um but it's very DJI sad still, has just yeah. come out with a new drone which is basically the drone that i had they but smaller have. so it's yeah almost like it knew 
Maybe DJI took over my <laughs> controls and just flew it into the tree for me. <laughs> That's a good theory. I know. Is it? I'm just like this is completely. This could go off into a tan a tangent, a uh, whole thing. But um, is it like the smaller they get, the bigger they would be susceptible to like wind as well? Is it? I not mean, good th yeah, the but most of them now are quite strong. Like you can get pretty strong motors right. in them. So, like. I okay, I don't yeah, really fly it mm. when there's massive wind, uh. So I'm yeah. quite cautious, even though I did have a bigger drone. But the the new Mini Pro doesn't look. I mean, it is smaller, but it doesn't look that much smaller than the uh, right. Air Two that I had. So I I'm gonna do a bit more research and see it. If not, I'll probably just replace it for the same drone. But because the Mini again is under two hundred and forty nine grand, there's less laws around it. So. I might just pick that up so I don't have to fucking register stuff. Yeah, sounds like a ton of work. I still have yet to ever fly a drone, so I would definitely crash it straight away. Man, if I if I can if I buy the Mini Three and it's super portable, I could probably bring it over. Uh, if and when yeah. I can finally get over to Switzerland, they they fit into uh, your pocket probably. Just yes, drag it along, and I'll fly it in the airplane. I think that sounds super while illegal. we were talking just now, <laughs> it does sound a bit illegal. <laughs> Imagine you are have the controllers and you're like flying with your drone next to it because you couldn't. The controller connects to the airplane instead of the drone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, but yeah, we'll definitely have some footage playing probably in the background, maybe of the crash. Oh, yeah. oh and, it was, and, as well. and it was in slow mo as well. Stalking. It's so, yeah. People are going to oh, look at the footage and no, go, you, you purposefully flew that into the tree. Uh, you were trying to do the Michael Bay thing. The way I fly my drone is I'll shoot it up into the sky, put it in sports mode, fly to the location that I want to shoot in. But I was bringing it back yeah. and I brought it down. Mm. And I don't like to do the return from home thing because the fucking remote control is like beep, 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 beep the entire time. And that's kind of annoying. So I just fly it back and I bring it down. And when I was there, I was like, oh, I could get a cool shot where it just flies across, and then as soon as I want to get a shot, I'll just flick it into, like, the normal mode or sports mode, which turns on the sensors on, and I just forget to do that, and I don't practice the shot, so I just fling it forward, and it's in sports mode, in slow-mo, so it immediately picks up the speed, and you can see just as my face gets out of the shot, uh, it, 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 it's in the tree, so by the time I turn my head, it's already in the fucking tree. So yeah, man, no. it was a uh, it was an unfortunate event. Oh, and, that's uh, hard. Yeah, and even more unfortunate. Do you want to? Do you? Did I tell you where I crashed the drone? Oh yeah, where did you crash? It? I didn't tell you. Oh no. man, this is gonna be so good. This is a live reaction. I crashed the drone in a place, uh, in a place called Peaceful Bay. <laughs> you are shitting. Me. I'm not even. That I'm not is even not fucking a real place. In a place called Peaceful Bay. I mean, that's a perfect resting ground for a drone as well. Yep. You know. Yep. You can rest rest in. Rest at, so it would be R-A-P, rest at peaceful, R-A-P-B, rest at peaceful bay, that's, yeah. Quite sad. R-A-P-B, not too bad. quite ironic and quite funny, but also very upsetting that I don't have a drone. Yeah, it's like a $1,900 drone, it was a fly mall combo as well, so the drone's like 1500 bucks by itself. Wow. No, these things are expensive, which is the reason why I haven't had one, because I... Don't have an immediate use or a cash surplus. Yeah. So I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not getting it. I'm not getting it for now. But yeah, I think that concludes the sad news of the week. Um, and let's move on to maybe some happier news for some. Uh, probably, uh, because we are looking at a returning character 
um, in the Scream Saga. Just to preface, uh, just to, to warn everyone, um, this is in itself with the casting announcement a spoiler for especially Scream 4 and 5. Uh, so you have been warned, skip ahead if you don't want to hear this. Um, but Hayden Panettiere, who uh, survived, I guess, the fourth installment. I don't know. I, d I remember her being stabbed, but I guess I guess she survived the whole thing. Um, is going to return in Scream 6, which also sees um, four of the characters returning, um, including Tara, Sam, and the twins, um, Chad and Mindy. Uh, it's also funny that those... Four characters are all tied to OG characters as well, right? Uh, which would lead me to even more spoilers. So I'm just going to not say that. If you've seen the movie, then you know what I'm talking about. A Scream 6 um, has a yet-to-be-determined plot. The only thing that they have announced yet is that uh, it apparently sees um, those characters leave Woodsboro. And um, not really clear how uh, Hayden Panettiere's character will fit into that whole thing. Um, but you'll definitely see Lachlan and myself probably catching this one. Um, although I think it's funny that you have only seen Scream, you know? You've seen two movies, but you've only seen Scream. I don't know any of these characters that you're referring to. Yeah, you haven't seen two, three, or four. Uh, but, but yeah, you're not missing out too much. You just get one extra character that's kind of tied back to the series. Maybe they created a whole new meta-ness where it's now expected that like a random character further down the line from the series returns that you first thought was dead but she's actually alive i don't know what sort of meta scream is creating but um we'll, we'll get that movie i assume um uh sometime around uh, in 2023 uh then we have a whole bunch of trailers to look at um we'll start off with a bunch of films that are gonna have their premiere uh over at the gun film festival uh well about about the time when you're listening to this episode probably and uh, just to give you a bit of a heads up, uh, we won't do an episode next week, but uh, during the time that we are off on a gun break, or at least I am, you'll find uh, reviews on the UNGRAF podcast uh, and on my YouTube channel as well for uh, the films that I'm going to see, including uh, the four films that we'll take a quick look at uh, now. And um, we'll start it off with a legendary filmmaker called Park Chan-wook, um, who is most known for his films uh, The Handmaiden, Joint Security Area, and Old Boy. And he has a new film called Decision to Leave, which is about a detective investigating a man's death in the mountain who meets a dead man's mysterious wife in the course of his dogged sleuthing. <laughs> so... <laughs> dramatic dramatic logline i really dig it and i think it looks stunning Lachlan, what did you make of this uh this trailer look dope i'm keen and uh i don't know why when you said old boy the first one that came to me was the josh brolin old boy yeah of course it yeah, of did. course it did right yeah it's ptsd um look i'm excited look dope i think the next one looks way cooler though in terms of trailer wise right yeah um i mean i think it's it is like it looks kind of uh more on the drama side of things uh less action mm. and let's actually jump straight over into the next one which is interesting because it's the directing debut of the squid game lead i'm butchering his name probably but lee jung uh, jia i think but probably totally off there but uh yeah i think that one is is more on the like capital a action type of uh of thrilling 
um, uh, drama. And uh, yeah, it looks to be very action-filled. So uh, yeah, what did you make of this one? Do you like this one um, a bit more? That one just looks sick. Cool trailer, cool cool idea. I'm in. I'm in. Looks quite interesting to me as well. Uh, just action-packed. And uh, I guess less character drama, which I mean, I sometimes really enjoy. And I think with Park Chan Wook and Decision to Leave, there's definitely going to be some fucked up plot in there. And here, I think it's more going to be a straight up, just thrilling action ride. Yeah. And uh, yeah, let's see what he has in store. I think he's he was great in Squid Game. And um, let's see if he has the, uh, the chops to be a director as well. And speaking of someone who has proven himself to be quite the director for decades now, specifically in the body horror genre, uh, is uh, David Cronenberg, who has his new film, uh, Crimes of the Future, premiering at the festival as well. Uh, you might know him from um, The Fly or Videodrome. Uh, so this first trailer looks very trippy. Uh, it also had some... It looks really clean, in a sense. It looks almost, like, sharpened, and the focus is quite deep as well, which I don't, I don't know about you, Lachlan, but it gave me a really uneasy feel about the whole world that it's portraying. Um, I guess he's really good at that overall anyways, not just, uh, like, um, with the camera stuff, but also just the c characters and uh, the horror stuff that he creates. But, uh, yeah, what did you make of this, uh, this trailer? Man, body horror is probably my... I wouldn't say favorite, but it's the one that probably makes me the most uncomfortable, especially when it also, mm -hmm. I can kind of see it as well, delves into the psychological effects uh, at the same time. So yeah. with the whole, mm -hmm. you know, synthetic environment and changing your body and stuff like that, there's got to be a lot of mental capacity and a lot of mental strain on the human body. So while I hope exactly, it's, yeah. uh, you know, you can already see it in the trailer being a disgusting mash of human body parts. Uh, I hope mm -hmm. it gets into the psychological kind of like, um, oh, what did his son do? What was that movie? The one that came out last Possessing? year. Possessor. Yeah, that's the one uh, mm -hmm. where it's, you yeah. know, body horror-esque, but more psychological. So I hope he uh, yeah, yeah. will do mm -hmm. the same thing because I love the fly. I, I always love The Fly uh, as a family movie to watch. No, not a family movie to watch. Uh, just as a, <laughs> a casual sit-down Sunday sesh. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm keen. I'm sold. I think I, I, I forgot to read the, the, the logline for this, so maybe just an extended overview of what this is about. It's, it's so trippy that like I'm in for whatever he presents, but... Apparently, it's uh well set in 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 the, the not so distant future where stuff becomes more and more synth uh, synthetic. Uh, there's transformations and mutations that are quite um I guess part of society or I don't know if at the outskirts. I didn't get a proper feel of how incorporated into society they are. But uh then there's, there's these showcases of um metamorphosis like in in a performance space, which is. Already in itself, like you got me sold on that. That sounds super interesting. Um, so that's where the two characters from uh, Le uh, Lea Sedo and Viggo Mortensen come in. And there's also Kristen Stewart in this. Uh, and she plays an investigator from the National Organ Registry. And she obsessively tracks their movements uh, 
and yeah then a whole revelation comes about and uh, it goes further into the plot i'll definitely be checking this one out i'm super keen for this although it's gonna be so disturbing i can already sense it i'll oh, have yeah. to look away a couple of times from the screen um that's just kind of the effect that cronenberg has on people and then um finally the last trailer we'll look at uh from the premieres at Cannes is uh koreeda's new film broker uh he's the director behind shoplifters still walking um afterlife and he is really good at these down-to-earth, heartfelt uh, dramas. I think Shoplifters is, is one of the best films I've ever seen, just looking at, at a family and their struggles and the humanity within just family as, as a, uh, like an organization interwoven and bound to each other. Uh, and he's really good at playing like the morality of things and why people do stuff that um, isn't as like black and white sometimes with, with its uh, ethical in its ethical nature. So I I watched the trailer and I was set on okay this movie is gonna make me cry in the cinema. I can already tell. Uh, it's also got the lead from Parasite, uh, Song Kang Ho, uh, in the role. And uh, yeah, Lachlan, what did you make of this this first trailer for for Broker? I agree with you with Shoplifters. However. I can't remember a single yeah. plot point of that movie, but I agree. It was a very good movie to represent like a family and a family dynamic. And it was very personal, yeah. a very personal movie. It's about shoplifters. It's about shoplifters. It was a very personal movie. Yeah. And my issue is that I don't really remember anything of it. It's one of those, hmm. I guess, uh, you know, drama-esque movies that it's kind of like moment to moment, but there's so many little moments to kind of make yeah. you feel emotional. Mm -hmm. You can't remember the whole thing, right? It's not, it's a very dense movie. Exactly. So, uh, that's the only movie I've watched from his filmography. I liked it. I yeah. like the Parasites, uh, lead, uh, what's his name? Uh, Song Kang Ho. Ho. Uh, yeah. he's dope in Parasite and I've seen him in a couple other things. So I mm -hmm. am in, but hopefully I'll remember more Big than just, up. it's about shoplifting. Which, by, by the way, I guess the plot in here uh, would be that it's about a group of people um, who are brought together by a baby box, it says. I don't know what that exactly means. Um, so that sets them off on a journey that will lead them to destinations after you they, read have, that, they have never expected. After you've read that, I'm more intrigued. I am more intrigued. It's a MacGuffin baby. Let's go. It's, it's an I'm emotional... In. I'm in. It's an emotional core of the film is going to be hey there's a baby we need to care for something and i'm I'm sold because i know that koreeda is going to be amazing at tackling and using that to the fullest potential so super keen for a broker uh then let's move on to the latest netflix joint with <laughs> adam sandler uh which is not going to be him basically shit posting on uh, the biggest streaming service on the of the world uh no it's him um taking on another semi-serious or quite serious role where he plays a uh scout uh for the nba who's kind of down on his luck trying to find people who's always on the run for some reasons i don't know if you felt the same luck on but it gave me just a hint of anka gems anka gem vibes where they were like Okay, he's really good at playing this stressed out character who's like always all over the place. So let's make him like travel all over the world trying to find someone. And in the trailer, it just kind of felt manic and stressful. Uh, but but yeah, this is a 
a sports drama that's probably going to be about like believe in yourself uh, even if no one else does type of story but uh I'm I'm down I'm down for a good sports drama if they're done well. Uh, what did you make of it? I'm down for another serious Adam Sandler role. So yeah, I'm in. Yeah, and that movie uh comes out on June 8th over on Netflix, and then on uh June 17th we got the second uh, director gig from Cooper Rave, who previously did uh, a movie I really enjoyed about the college experience called Shit House. Um, he's now moved from. A uh, South by Southwest premiere to the Sundance premiere earlier this year, Cha Cha Real Smooth, uh, starring him in the lead role, as well as Dakota Johnson, um, premiered at that festival and uh, got quite uh, good raving reviews. It was a people pleaser. And you know what Apple TV does when they see a people pleasing movie? They buy it. It has the potential to win Best Picture, although not this year. They buy it. They buy it to stream on their service. And that's what they did with. Um, with this uh, drama about a guy uh, who's 22 years old and he's <laughs> he works as a party starter uh, at at uh, cool. bar mitzvahs, cool. um, and he strikes a unique friendship with a young mom and her teenage daughter. Uh, so I've already seen this film. So Lachlan, I'm just kind of keen to to hear what what you uh, what impressions you had uh, watching the trailer. Uh, I really like Dakota Johnson. There's just something about basically all of her characters that just pique my interest. Um, but also mm -hmm. the uh, main character, I don't know what his, uh, Andrew? Uh, Cooper Rafe, yeah, that's the director. That's the director as well? Oh, dope. Uh, that's the director. He also yeah, piqued yeah. my interest because he seems like a quirky uh, character. So having a quirky character mm -hmm. and uh, Dakota Johnson, who I know can play these, I guess what did she play a single woman recently? Um, the one uh, uh in the Lost Daughter. The Lost Daughter. That's yeah. it. Yeah, I guess I've already seen this character in the Jill Hall movie. Um, mm -hmm. but no, I I thought it seemed quite cute and adorable, and I love movies that make me feel good after I've had such yeah. a sad past two weeks <laughs> of the drone. since the death of my drone. Yeah. Not so cha-cha real smooth with your drone handling. No, right? didn't cha-cha real smooth uh, with my drone, did I? I think what Cooper Rave is, is well as there's two points to be made. He was also the star and lead in his, his first feature film, Shithouse. Uh, he writes these roles. Um, sorry, I, I just flipped you off for no reason. Sorry. That's right. Go fuck yourself as well. Uh, um, no, he writes these roles and these characters that uh, it seems like only he could play. Uh, because he has such a interesting directing style, like accompanied with his performance, that I don't know if he could direct someone to do what he does. Because he like toasts the line of this, this awkwardness while still being quirky, but also super charming. Um, and it it, it works, I think, or at least for me, it works really well in Shit House and even more in Cha Cha Rio Smooth because he's even more of that type of character. Uh, and then secondly, I forgot my second point. Um, what was I about to say? Ah, uh, yeah, he he does this stage of being lost and in between and finding purpose and like that type of state. He captures that brilliantly in in his stories and his movies. Um, so I'm very keen to see uh what he does in the future. But also, Cha Cha Rio Smooth is gonna land in a lot of people's top ten at the end of the year. Uh, I'm quite convinced of that. Okay, mine, my top ten. Where do you think it's gonna land? 
What number? Well, ob- obviously, Morbius at one, followed by Avatar 2. Uh, Sonic, you haven't even seen because you're waiting until... No, Sonic's my number one. I don't even have to see it. So it's like my favorite movie of the year so far. My camera Your just, camera just fell. Because it was like, that's a... Dr- it's just it's dramatic drop. That that scared me. <laughs> and now it's me. not focusing on me anymore. Yeah, that was scary. Uh, but I guess you're getting a more of like a high up. Uh, anyway, this is I'm more dramatic now. It like it's a it's a, it's a low. It shot. is more dramatic. I I was not supposed to be imposing, telling you, yo, yeah, go geez, watch. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Now. Never really. Sometimes. Always. I was supposed to have a neutral feel to this whole deal, but now, I'm sorry. <laughs> what did you say, huh? <laughs> Uh, but, but where were we? <laughs> kind of throwing me off. Uh, yeah, I think it's got a decent shot at making it into your top ten. Um, I think in previous years maybe some bigger films would have landed in your top ten, but I just assume that these smaller dramas, like after Yang, is gonna for sure be at af- after Yang, Northman, everything, everywhere, all at once. The Batman is gonna be in there. Uh, and then later in the year. It's going to be tough. There's not there's not much. So I think it's got a decent shot, but it's going to be at its highest point would be 9 or 10. Uh, so All it's right. either going to barely make it or just going to be outside of it. It's my prediction. Okay. So maybe okay. hold us hold me accountable to that uh, <laughs> later in the year. And then, um, yeah, let's move on to a bit more of a controversial film. Um, that was one of my highlights coming out of Sundance in 2021. Been a while. But uh, the directing... Um, Debut? I don't know if it was his debut of Jared Carmichael, uh, the comedian, actor, writer, bunch of stuff. He's super talented. Uh, he had his film On the Count of Three that he also starred in, um, premiered at that festival, and it's about about suicide. Oh, um, and basically two guys, or that, or specifically one guy who wants to commit suicide. So it's like tackling a very difficult, controversial subject, but. I think he's very good at doing that, um, placing good comedic moments that you don't feel like exploited or feel like it's lessening the impact and how serious this topic is. Uh, and yeah, he, he, just, he just kind of gets it. So um, Lachlan, while you were watching the trailer, we were already in this call and I could see that you were connecting with the film or with the trailer already. So said something that you got the impression from you would connect with? Yeah, because I want to kill myself. Sorry. You, you can't what? make that. You I, can't, can't, I know I can't joke. make that joke. That's why I said it. <laughs> but also you were like, you're really connecting with these two guys that want to kill themselves. I'm like, man, are you trying to say that I want to kill myself? <laughs> no, that's what, no, that's what I'm doing. I was just like, because I was just going on this whole tangent about like it's it's doing it in in a, in a tasteful way. Would you like me, Would you like to pitch that to me again? Sorry. Um. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Lachlan, yeah. Do you want me to kill you, or do you want to kill yourself? Let's do it together, baby. On the count of three. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Lachlan, killing yourself is right up your alley. So what did you make? <laughs> I've only attempted three times. You're tackling the subject real seriously. Yep. This, is, this is a serious subject. Serious subject. Call preventive hotlines. I'm just going to ask you this, the normal question that I ask every time. So, Lachlan, what did you make of the trailer for the film? I had a lot of fun. Uh, 
I really do enjoy dark comedies. So, a dark subject in a tasteful manner, in a comedic mm-hmm. manner, and with uh, two stars that look like they can definitely handle the uh, oh, yeah. the job. So, I am very keen for this movie. Um, yeah. I didn't say yet. Christopher Abbott is also in this. He's amazing. And then I think you could also make the same case of like having a, it's different, but I'm just trying to make that connection with Henry Wrinkler being in Barry and then also in this. Yep. Uh, obviously, totally different roles that they play, sure. but um, it's still kind of Barry is, is especially in its third season, not spoiling anything. Um, tackling the like how difficult it is to have such a morally unjust character mm-hmm. and like it, it's definitely it, it's um it's portraying quite um difficult subjects mm-hmm. and i think it's doing it very well balancing the tone of com- uh, comedy and an actual drama same goes for this film um also if you haven't seen jared uh, carmichael's latest special amazing one of the best specials i've ever seen uh so give that a watch i think it's streaming on hbo max so that wraps it up for a very long trailer section. I hope uh, we, we've watered you, your mouth with the taste of some new films on the horizon. Uh, by the way, I, I almost forgot to say, On the Count of Three is now available on VOD, so you can literally go check it out right uh, now as we speak. Um, maybe wait for a bit because we're about to go into what we've been watching. Um, so uh, let's actually talk about that. Yeah, let's jump straight in, Lachlan. Have you been up to anything besides mourning your drone? Have you have you <laughs> had chance to to watch? Anything? Uh, I've watched a couple things. I'm still making my way through Supernatural, yeah. a couple episodes into season two. Uh, but I was able to finish uh-huh. Our Flag Means Death, and I must say, it mm. did uh pique my interest the entire time. I thought every episode was quite fun and enjoyable, and uh, there were moments mm-hmm. where I was emotionally connected to characters i didn't think i'd emotionally connect to so i think that our flag means death right. should be renewed for a second season if it hasn't already and uh they've yeah. definitely set up some stuff that i want to keep following so well done to reese darby yeah. taika waititi and the whole team over there because uh that was a really fun little uh show mm-hmm. other than that yeah not a lot uh <laughs> i've been playing overcooked <laughs> Have you played Overcooked before? Yeah, only the first one. I haven't played Overcooked cool. 2. Uh, what are you playing? Uh, no, we're playing Overcooked. The original or the sequel? No, the original. Uh, right. It's so much fun. Okay. So much fun. Uh, I've been it playing is, that. Yeah. I've been playing that with Tanika, and she's loving it as well. So we're basically like, we've, our eyes are killing us because we're just staring at the screen. You know your eyes are sore when you, and you know you've had an intense gaming session when your eyes are sore because you're, you're yeah. constantly like this and your your rate of blinking goes down because you're stressed. So that was fun. Mm-hmm. But there's <laughs> another thing I want to shout out really quickly. Uh, I don't know if you've played it, but uh, I saw it on sale and I picked it up. Uh, Disco Elysium. Have you heard of it before? I own it, but like most of the games that I own, I haven't played yeah, it. you're a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> um... <laughs> It is what it is, man. It is is. Whenever I have time, hey, I just never have time. Hey, if you can play something, time. play that. 
Yeah. Because in terms Play that, of it's good. storytelling and just overall mm-hmm. how it's crafted, man, it's a fucking cool, cool idea, cool game. I'm not a big like RPG mm-hmm. that style, a lot of dialogue kind of guy. I'm more of like a here's your stick, go out into the world kind of guy. Um, I like my open worlds and stuff. So these smaller stories mm-hmm. I haven't really been into, but might change my mind on it because uh, it done a, done a good job yeah. so far. Uh, except I keep dying because I'm a fuckhead. So. Yeah. I can't stop thinking about how we would run our brigade in Overcooked. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just like picturing. Do you have Overcooked, would on, do you have overcooked on PC? I don't. You don't? I don't think so, no. I only have it on the Switch. Yeah. Got it a while back. I last played that like three or four years mm. ago. Uh, but it's always on sale. So <laughs> if you ever see a random video of us popping up, that would be a very funny outro thing. It's just like us playing one thing of overcooked. Probably gonna screaming at each other because it's not going to be going that it's well. Not going to be successful. Uh, but but how how are you doing with Tanika? Is that like are you good at communicating? Are you getting stuff done? No, it's just us yelling at each other. Well, mainly her yelling <laughs> at me because experience. she's she's head chef. Yeah. She she knows more about cooking than I yeah, do. Obviously. So I'm the sous chef. Even in real well, life. She will do the majority of the work. Yeah. I just stir. Uh, mm. If someone needs stirring, I'll cut the onion. If you know, n- no crying or anything. I mean, I cry. Mm. Uh, same thing here. You know, I'll go and do something, and it'll be like, "No, nope, uh-huh. you're not doing that. You go do that." And I'm like, "Okay, cool. Yes, chef." We got two pieces of bread <laughs> slammed it between yeah. our faces. Where the idiot sandwiches. Uh, we kept yelling, "Where's the lamb sauce?" Uh, so we made plenty of Gordon <laughs> Ramsay references throughout the entire thing. So. Man, Overcooked is so, uh, so intense. It's fucking raw. Yeah, it sounds like a, a fun time. Um, I might jump back into that as well. So yeah, you and that's what I've been watching. Um, what about you, man? Have you, I can see that you've got a um, whole nother document here. Totally caught me off guard. No, wow, no, seven pages no, long. Wow, no, incredible. Why no, do you have 17? six pages Sorry, just dedicated to the bad guys? And one, I, not even half a page I don't. dedicated to come and see. You'll hear it in a second. That is, well, that is slander now. Because I think that movie stands on its own, just by its name. Anyways, let's get into it. <laughs> uh, I watched uh, Outer Range, finished that show over on Amazon Prime. I had an eight-episode season. Um, gonna review it spoiler-free if you still want to check it out. I... Consado, I wouldn't really recommend it because I think it starts off in an interesting way where it gives you a good premise. It gives you a great performance from Josh Brolin. And then it has some pretty mid, uh, mid-season mid episodes. And towards the end, the pacing just becomes very jumbled. Just a lot of revelations. Just a lot of like setups that then get payoffs but in certain setups don't get payoffs that maybe would have been better if they were paid off it just becomes a mess and the middle part of the season i think was too slow for it to then have such a abrupt like really fast-paced ending so i think my biggest issue with it was how a lot of like the character story threats were just kind of they were all there but then they were just all pulling at them at the same time and um, yeah, it was a bit of a mess, but I think it's an interesting idea because it's basically 
I guess I haven't said that, but it's a, it's about a a um a farmer out in Wyoming, and there's a big hole, and on the other side of the hole, well, there's some stuff maybe, and that's that's the show. It's like this uh interesting mystery drama, but it becomes less interesting as you go along. I think that's kind of my my review of what I can give it, just my quick thoughts on it. And then uh, for the bad guys, no, I don't have seven pages. It is merely a fourth of a page at, at most. Um, but yeah, this is the latest from DreamWorks. And if you want to go see it yourself, it's out on VOD as well now. And uh, it's it's uh, quite a familiar story um, about good guys who... Uh, no, sorry. It's <laughs> it's quite a familiar wow. story yeah, about really bad guys say that, one, that turn good. Yeah, it's about bad guys that turn good. Mm. And then in the process of pretending to be good while they're still actually bad, they become good. Because by being good, they realize that they don't want to be bad. And now they're good. Y- you got the story? Yeah. That's I'm the good. story of the film. Good. <laughs> You're good. Yeah. Uh, I think it's an interesting visual approach that they sometimes have. It's a bit more like comic book um, inspired. There's some actual lines drawn and stuff like that. But honestly, didn't connect with me because it's very similar to hey let's have uh weirdly enough everyone who is not like a speaking character is human and everyone else is an animal so i I don't know if that's just cheaper to do or whatever but uh it felt like um similar to Zootopia and like sing especially with the i guess this is a slight spoiler but with the villain itself what, what they do with the twist uh it's very similar to those type of stories um and yeah it's just a, a i guess at the end of the day it's probably a furry film so you guys have fun i don't know i i thought it was was a bit lackluster um gave that a a 5 out of 10 and then um i watched <laughs> i watched smiley face have you heard of that film Lachlan? no it's yeah it's a totally random film i've never heard before as well and i saw it pop up in someone's video and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm down to see Anna Ferris, Anna Ferris get involuntarily uh, high, very high, and go on an adventure um, that's under 90 minutes long. And I was like, hell, yeah, I'll do this tonight. And I had a lot of fun, unexpected to have that much fun with a really silly movie. But, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's basically narrated the whole way through by her. Uh, there's uh, John Krasinski is in it. Um, and yeah, he was fun. Um, there's a bunch of fun appearances. Uh, so if you just want a silly time, I guess go with, with smiley face. And then finally, Lachlan, I know I am not giving it enough space in this document right now, but I did rewatch one of my all time favorite films, Come and See, a harrowing war drama set in the late stages of World War II in Belarus. And it follows this young teenage character uh, who, who, who sets out to be a part of the war, to actually contribute to his country. And you see through his eyes, especially his eyes, and through that stunning performance, it's probably the best child performance that I've ever seen, ever, period. It's the best. There's no one who's done it better. Um, you see the war reflected in every moment in his eyes. It is, it is, it is to me pure art i don't know if 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 there's a film that goes beyond what come and see is is in enabled to invoke in me i adore that film um i'm also a sucker for for really good war films 
um, and Comancy just nails it. And I think it, it's a film that's like, although it is the second highest rated film of all time on Letterboxd, it's still a film that not a lot of people have seen. Um, and it's one that is also quite a hard watch. It's not that, uh, yeah, you can just like sit through it and not be affected by it. Uh, definitely go give that a watch if you want. Um, you can go stream it over on the Criterion channel if you do have that or uh, just rent it on VOD. But uh, for anyone who, who hasn't heard of that film, go give it a try. I think it's it's going to be a transformative film for a lot of people for the first time when they see it. But that wraps it up for uh, what we've been watching. And uh, let's actually talk about a new film out in theaters right now, that being Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Every night, I dream the same dream. Doctor Strange, with the help of mystical allies both old and new, traverses the mind-bending and dangerous alternate realities of the multiverse to confront a mysterious new adversary. And that's Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness coming from uh, Sam Raimi, the director who uh, probably most people know from um, the Tobey Maguire uh, run of Spider-Man or the Evil Dead films. Um, has now, uh, well, he, he took over the production from the director of the first Doctor Strange film, um, Scott Derrickson. If you've seen other films from Sam Raimi, you might know that he's quite well versed in the genre of these horror comedy action films. I think that's, that's where he's best suited. And you can definitely see that come through in this film, but, um, it, it is kind of a, a cluster of different ideas being jumbled together in the film as a whole. And I think overall, you can say that um, this film is a bit of a, a middle or a segue part to the fourth phase of the MCU uh, films um, at large. And it also has a returning character of uh, Wanda, uh, who I guess most recently got her own show um, back in 2021 as the first uh, MCU show to premiere on Disney+. Plus. Um, and she's also arguably maybe even the bigger character in this film. Um, mm. But we'll, we'll actually get into if she has her story continued in a way that, that does make sense for that series in a bit. I won't get ahead of myself there, but it definitely continues um, her story um, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And then um, it also expands on the ideas that were introduced in Loki and in Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man. Uh, Spider <laughs> it also uh, expands on the uh, ideas introduced in Loki and Spider-Man No Way Home uh, with the multiverse being a bigger presence in the MCU. You know, I don't know if Marvel is using the potential of a multiverse uh, for something that ties it together like it did with the previous phases where it's like building towards something where they're not just like kind of saying, well, yeah, this is all connected and it's the multiverse. I think that so far it feels like they're not really connecting it uh, that well. 
um, and they're mainly using it for cameos and just I, I guess as as a quite easy uh, uh a quite easy plot point. But yeah, the movie currently stands at a three and a half on Letterboxd, a seven point five on IMDb, and quite lower on uh, Metacritic with a sixty. It also has grossed um about five hundred and thirty three million so far at the box office as of May thirteenth. And uh, had a budget of about two hundred million. Um, and uh, Lachlan, without further ado, we are giving off a spoiler warning right now before we get into uh, the weeds of our review. But uh, let's uh, jump straight into that and maybe start it off with the big debate that has kind of been surrounding and overtaking uh, this movie as a whole. Do you think they did Wanda dirty in this? No. But yes. Elaborate. Okay, so after WandaVision, I thought she was going on a recovery journey to become a superhero, all right? Now, dirty. You, When we say, did they do Wanda dirty, we're referring to it as obviously, did they just throw Wanda under the bus? Yeah, in that case, yes. I think the I think that most people saw WandaVision having a positive ending meant that she was going to be a good character but mm-hmm. then you can kind of go back and watch WandaVision and go oh no it's definitely her becoming more of a villain. Yes that little moment was her I'm sorry mm-hmm. moment wrapping it up and everything but she definitely had this journey coming. They didn't just throw her under the bus. And and at the end of the day, fucking Elizabeth Olsen has done a fantastic job in this role. Uh, and in this particular film, I think she's a standout. And I think it's her best performance as Wanda across every single MCU thing to date. So I'm sorry, Marvel cuckboys. Uh, I'm sorry, Wanda. I didn't, they didn't do her dirty. I'm okay with that. And I think Wanda was a perfect villain for this movie. That's interesting. It's an interesting opinion because I think I'm in the minority that has WandaVision as one of the least favorite of the MCU shows. I'm quite, I guess, a contrarian when it comes to most of them. Uh, because I thought that the whole um, decade thing of film was a bit just... Uh, just didn't really work for me and i honestly haven't been the biggest fan of her performance so i'm i'm a bit of a hater for for no reason whatsoever uh maybe just because she was in old boy <laughs> i'm still holding that grudge over her interesting that's also why i didn't like outer range <laughs> the only reason i didn't like outer range no it's um it, it's funny because i think um there's an argument to be made that WandaVision she was a very trista character that was motivated by her, her grief and that was all fueled by it. She really wanted this happy life. And now that she's giving it up, um, well, I guess she hasn't given it up. That's that's what we come to. And I think the series concludes in a way where like, that's kind of up in the air. And I think because we didn't know, I think they show at the end of WandaVision, they show her like wielding the, the dark hold. I think that's what it's called mm-hmm. already. 
but they, I guess, don't give us the sense yet that this is this evil thing that corrupts her even further. So you said that the um, stuff that happened in WandaVision is leading up to her character being this. Do you mean her as a whole? Like, would she have done something similar if she hadn't had the Darkhold? Or do you think, like, that's the, the MacGuffin or, like, device that just makes it, oh, she's bad now? In one division, she's the protagonist, and I, and I guess this is the kind of the interesting thing, right? So, if mm -hmm. you is, yeah. if you watch a documentary and you see a lion first, and that lion is starving, and it goes to hunt an innocent animal, you're gonna feel more attached to that lion than you are gonna feel for that say zebra. But if you introduce that zebra first, and mm -hmm. that zebra is like a mother to like two kids, and is happy as Larry, and then this lion comes along and kills it, you're gonna feel more bad. For the zebra, in your case, you're going to feel bad for both of them because you're a, a nice guy. I don't give a fuck about either of them. Um, <laughs> what you're saying is, if she, when she, we are in spoilers, but big spoiler for the end of the film, when she dies or potentially dies at the end of the movie, do you think if she had spoken in a Sokovian or like lightly, really bad Russian accent because she was introduced that way in Age of Ultron, I would have felt more for her? No. But okay, sorry. <laughs> Go back to your um, point, <laughs> my dumb. Joke. But in Wonder no. Vision, where obviously she's the protagonist, we want her to be, uh, we want her to be successful, and we want her to have everything that she wants. And obviously, she doesn't really get that. That's the issue. But she comes to an understanding that she can't have that in this universe, which I guess then leads mm -hmm. her down wanting to get it in another universe. But that's the thing. In Wonder Vision. She's the protagonist because it's her story, right? There's definitely a movie in here mm -hmm. where Doctor Strange is the dick for stopping her from getting her kids, right? She's perfectly, you yeah. know, if you just change the perspective a little bit, she is a good guy. And I don't care what people say. I definitely thought it was going her down the good path. But now that I've sat in it and thought about it, no, WandaVision is just the perspective of Wanda. Now we're shifting it to the wider world mm -hmm. of the MCU, what damage can she do? Quite a lot, actually. So, yeah. Is she, yeah. Is she really dead? I don't think so. They could definitely pull a rabbit out of the hat trick in, like, two years' time and be like, here's Wanda. Um, but, yeah, no, I, mm -hmm. I, I definitely don't think that Wanda has been done dirty in this film anyway. Yeah, I I think what makes her just such a clear bad guy and something I take issue she's with she's wearing red is the introduction, and she's oh, got I black fingertips who, who wear red. She's ah, oh. <laughs> god damn it! I could have done you both could, of you these things. You could have things. put nail, Imagine, like, nail polish on. It's <laughs> just like Bang. no, we with, with black nail polish and in red. <laughs> no, I I think what I take issue with is um the kind of him the MacGuffin character. Of, stop that. <laughs> it's a MacGuffin character of America Chavez um, that she wants to harness the power and kill her. And that's obviously, oh, well, now she's not the good guy anymore. There's, there's no argument it's to not, be made because she's killing It's not as this. bad as um, Fantastic Beasts where Grunewald kills that little animal and it's like, this guy's a bad guy. Remember how we talked about that a couple weeks ago where, they, where he kills the little deer? Yeah. yeah. It's not as bad as that, but... Yeah. I guess I have to really drive home the fact that Wanda in every other MCU, if you haven't catched WandaVision, she's the good guy. 
So they're really expecting you to have seen WandaVision and go, oh yeah, she's a... But she also always fucks up. She she is the the inciting incident for civil yeah, war as well. Yeah, but she's always been she on a good side. She's never been truly wanting. I mean, other than yeah. when you first introduced mm-hmm. her, she's never really been that character who is gonna go and rip through, like kill heaps of people, right? Just to get what she wants. Yeah. So she's actually very close to Grindelwald if you think about it, because she also kills a bunch of wizards on a hill. <laughs> Uh, yes. In yes. Bhutan, you are very probably you are correct. So you are correct. It's the same film, yeah. actually. And to be played by different. Wouldn't surprise me if she killed a deer different as well. actors. Wait, no, not different actors, just people with different accents. Wait, no, it's all the same different, person with the different same accent. Wait, no, 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 same accent, same <laughs> actor. No, different accent, same actor. I don't know how this works. <laughs> yeah, it gets really confusing real fast. I, I think that's enough for for Wanda, uh, which is interesting that we talk about her first. In a movie that's about Doctor Strange, where I think that Doctor Strange is such a secondary character. He's such a character that's always just reacting. But I, I guess that is kind of his whole sh- stick. His stick is not really that proactive. Um, I would disagree. But I do think yeah. that yeah. in comparison to the first Doctor Strange, he is definitely not as main character I guess. He's not as proactive, but that was his origin story. It's the first time we've seen him by himself. He's not with a group of people. Now he's no longer, mm-hmm. you know, he's not Sorcerer Supreme because he lost that by default because he got snapped out of it. And it's yeah. him and his life. Now, Doctor Strange kind of is like a team up. It's always him and, and Wong. Wong? Wong, yeah. Um, Wong, yeah. It's always those two. And Doctor Strange has never really ever been by himself um he's always been around other characters even through like the i mean besides the first movie but everywhere else this one he's obviously got america with him he is kind of like a overarching character hovering through and watching as everything goes because he he he's he's yeah. pretty fucking powerful if, if you don't mind me saying uh he he pretty yeah. he doesn't really need to evolve. He just learn new spells. He doesn't need to build new suits. Doesn't he's I mean, mm-hmm. the only other character kinda like this is Thor, who goes through a emotional change, I guess, throughout the uh, throughout all the films mm-hmm. that he's been in. He goes through definitely a big change emotionally. Um Iron Man does as well, but he goes through building more suits. Captain America also changes emotionally. <laughs> all these Doctor Strange? <laughs> he doesn't need to. He's a confident young lad. What are you talking about? What you, what what? What are you laughing at? I think it's just funny. If you think of, think about Thor, it's like literally everyone who's ever meant anything to him dies. And with with, with Iron Man, it's just like, my suits! And he explodes yeah. them all. And that's like his his big emotional moment. I don't know. That's just a bit funny to me. But, but you are right. It definitely makes sense that this is a Sam Raimi film. If you watch the Spider-Man films, it's so much of it is a romance. And I think... That part is kind of shoehorned into this story, where the whole like overweaving storyline for him is first of all kind of a stand-up uh, question that um, Bo Burnham likes to ask in one of his specials: "Are you happy?" And the second being, "Well, am I always the asshole?" <laughs> he's on that Reddit thread: "Am I the asshole?" <laughs> and he's usually the asshole. Tell him all the other multiverse versions of yeah. him himself, and. Um, he never gets uh, he never gets uh, Rachel McAdams. So, 
um, tough bar, a guy probably is always cucked by Ryan Reynolds in a different multiverse at the end of the day. Uh, but yeah, I, f I thought that that was a strange, no pun intended, uh, that was a strange choice to focus on him being happy and his, his love story. Because I think, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know what the goal was, because like there's a clear motivation for Wanda. She just wants her kids. She has given up on Vision, but she still wants to be with her kids. Uh, See, and I think also a funny line is that, like she says, that in every single other universe, she has children. That's what she yeah. says. Let's like let's not be dramatic. Do you have do you have children in the one where they where they literally just splatters of paint? Mm. Is that, <laughs> do you have children there? But yeah. Um. Uh, no, sorry. You I were think about to say one. Something? I think. Because a lot of people have said the same thing. Doctor Strange, it's not really a Doctor Strange movie. It's definitely more of a Wanda movie. And it's also more of an uh, America Chavez movie. Because America literally lands in Strange's lap. Right? She could have landed yeah. in front of any superhero. But it's Doctor Strange. So it's kind of like him following her. And that note, actually, she was supposed to be introduced in, um, in the Spider-Man film. And then they cut her out of it right um which i think would have made sense because that's what i alluded to in the non-spoiler intro to this film it's like i don't think the multiverse stuff from the mcu is linked up at all like technically it's all caused by loki doing this thing but then it also feels like it's just like oh we got a new thing unlocked we're in a new phase so like now everyone in the universe knows that there's multiverse that exists so... when it previously didn't okay so to get into the multiverse stuff really quickly my biggest issue with this film is it spends the first hour, hour and a half, essentially, <laughs> explaining the multiverse, where you are mm -hmm. already expecting people to understand Wanda's story. You're already expecting people to understand Strangers and Wong's perspective. You're expecting mm -hmm. people to have an understanding of the MCU, right? You're expecting people to have seen Loki. WandaVision, Spider-Man, like, everyone on the fucking planet has seen Sp The people who are on that fucking, what is it, Sentinel Island, the one where they don't have any outside uh -huh. contact, even those fuckers have seen Spider-Man, right? Everyone has seen uh -huh. Spider-Man. People in North Korea, people in Antarctica, my next door neighbor, everyone has seen Spider-Man. People know what the multiverse is, all right? People have seen Loki, mm -hmm. WandaVision. What's, is there another one that has a multiverse? Oh, even, I mean, even in Avengers Endgame and uh, whatever the first one was, Infinity War, you know, he's like, Infinity in, War. Every, yeah. in every scenario, every universe, blah, 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 there's only one. And it's like, okay, cool, right. So it's just, they, they, they've been building it for ages, right? Everyone knows how it works, but mm -hmm. they still hold your hand. They still walk you through. All right, so the multiverse is, uh -huh. you know this and this and this and here's the wacky side here's the fun side here's the scary side it's like we don't need mm -hmm. this introduction to the multiverse we know who dr strange is we know who wanda is we know what the multiverse is we don't know who america is introduce us to america and then bang get into the the multiverse craziness give me something crazy because we kind of only got to see what two three worlds at most and then see a couple here and there but we really didn't see a lot of crazy world z worlds i meant to say with an s 
Speaking yeah. Of that. Yeah, I, I would say that so far for Marvel, it's the potential of multiverse is more character wise than scenery wise. And I think well, it would be way more interesting. Like, I mean, character in, as in cameo wise, like, you know. But at the not same really time, I'm not, I'm not saying world. that, like, you need to make every world distinct, but the character of Doctor Strange is such a visually, uh, such, is such a vis, 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 say, say it with me, visually. visually. Um, <laughs> Doctor Strange is such a visually important character. All of his magic in yeah. this is the best I've ever seen it, right? They nailed mm-hmm. what the magic is in this, whether it's him or dead Doctor Strange. Favorite, favorite spell. Favorite favorite spell. Come on, it's got to be that music one. That was fun. I mean, I really mm-hmm. wish Hans yeah. Zimmer was in this fucking Visually movie. That would have been a dope course. fucking scene, right? <laughs> Imagine Hans Zimmer scoring that scene. Yeah. It would have been fucking sick. It was great. It was really well done anyway. Loud. To have such a, you know, a character that is able to now jump between universes, right? Uh, to mm-hmm. have it used so... So, like, just take that little bit, especially when they were like, this is going to be, this is the multiverse movie, right? We're going to see it. And then to have one universe that mm-hmm. has some decent cameos, which I think, you know, we should jump into the cameos because they're probably going to be the biggest talking point. We can do that. Because I, I, I have some mixed opinions on them. Me as well. Man, I, I, I love when we don't have the same opinion because then we can kind of fake debate fight yep. in a sense. But. Yeah, what do you think about the Illuminati, which is basically <laughs> the universe we spent the most time Look, in? Look, when I when I um, when I was like in high school, especially like the early like you know seven eight, not eight years old, but like grade seven and eight, uh, the Illuminati yeah. was such like a deep internet thing, and it was like the Illuminati exists. Do they exist? You know, or like a Watch Mojo top ten Illuminati best hits or something like that, right? Um, yeah. So to call it the Illuminati, I found quite funny from like a, a throwback perspective. But uh, I guess we should mm. start with the order that they were introduced. Oh God, I don't have that from. No, no, though. I do, I do, um, I do. But if, I they do. definitely. I can do this. Okay, well then, then you take this. So it's you take so the it's lead for this. Mordor, so, yeah. obviously, because he sees strange. And at first, I thought they were lovers. Would have been interesting. Because he kind of. I thought I was like, hang on a second, he's acting very, and then he said brother, and I was like, does he mean brother like brother, or does he mean like brother like lover brother, um, brother, brother. kind of thing. Yeah. So that was, that was. Uh, he was basically <laughs> the same person as as our universe, so that would have been super interesting. Mm. So if they actually then did that, but yeah, we had. I'm pretty sure it was Black Bolt after that. I think which so as well. I yeah. didn't know this character. I didn't know that character. Me neither. Unfortunately, but. Uh, had the coolest death out of all of them, in my opinion. And he he was in the Inhuman series that uh got like one season, and it. he's actually like one of the characters that that actually appeared in it. I never saw it as well, but I was I I saw an article that said like he was in that. So <laughs> and I watched the video. Cool. So, so I that's mean, how I know. Started off, started off. Yeah. You know, to the very as in the Marvel cuck boys. Uh, There's a guy in black. Yeah. We know this character. He's in that one series that never was successful, but oh my god, multiverse. Dope, right? Then you had uh Captain Carter, which for those who'd seen What If was like teased in that, but also anyone who's ever seen mm-hmm. Captain America, it's like oh, in this universe, she's the superhero. So that was cool. Um 
Then you had Captain Marvel, which wasn't mm. Brie Larson. So I actually like this universe as Captain Marvel. So toxic. Monica Rambeau. I think she was also I, Captain Marvel. I like Brie Marvel. Larson in like, yeah, in like no. Room and a couple other films. But like as Captain yeah. Marvel, I think she's a bit of a dick. Um, so there's that. Uh, then I'm not gonna. <laughs> uh, then, uh, my uh, one of my favorite, I guess, little ones was uh, John Krasinski as Reed Richards. Ooh, yeah. The, the, as you said, I don't think we should we should <laughs> give them the label of of Marvel cock boys. Though. I think that's probably gonna spawn some hate. Okay, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Marvel cock boys. But to the Marvel cock boys, they've been <laughs> asking for this. Uh, for years, um, and they've also uh kind of changed the look of Reed Richards in the comics to basically be one to one to John Krasinski. So you know they were they were kind of setting this in stone, and I think there's also like an argument to be made that John Watts, who did the last three um Spider Man film films, uh, he stepped away from the Fantastic Four project with John Krasinski doing a Quiet Place and stuff like that directing. It would make sense if they you know do a Fantastic Four film that he also stars in it and directs. Oh, you, you want him to direct a totally, Fantastic Four movie, do you? That's totally in in the realm of possibilities. Mm. Uh, and I think that's that's a very reasonable because like sometimes Marvel <laughs> cuckboys, <laughs> they have uh they have like weird theories that make no sense. Like I don't know the Mephisto thing that they bring up every time it was in one division, like yeah. some stupid stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, anytime uh, there's like a little and it makes little, no sense. Two at all. little dots and a smile. But here, face. I think it does make sense. Mephisto. It's Mephisto. <clears throat> That's why we don't like red. Uh, but I think um, we have one more character to introduce. But I actually would want to talk a bit more about John Krasinski's Reed Richards. Look, I I have a very soft spot for the live action Fantastic Four because I really really enjoyed those movies when I was younger. Um, back before I was yeah. critiquing films, back before I had a consciousness, essentially, I just mindlessly watch uh, Fantastic Luckily Four, smooth brain uh, face. Rise of the Silver yeah. Surfer, right? Smooth brain me. It's a fun That's film. A fun it's movie, bad, right? but I also had fun um, with it. Who... I think someone sold me on a flea market really pushed me to like I, I i got like two dvds of something and then he just put like a burnt dvd of fantastic four on top that he had made himself and it was like here you go i'll give you like, this have fun with who this who doesn't like, oh want to watch this is a chris evans jessica alba fucking uh what's his name um ian something ian grufford i think his name is plays reed richards in the original one. Oh, yeah and then uh michael haven't seen him publicly so yeah who wouldn't want to watch those four, right? So much fun. Doctor Doom yeah. as well, man. It was just like, this was the shit. I mean, fuck the one that came out in 2015 because that one actually was just absolute fan four stick trash. But yeah. um, mm -hmm. Fantastic Four from like 2005 was just when I was younger. So much fun for me. Um, so soft spot when I saw the blue suit and I saw the little four, I went. And then when I saw John Krasinski, I was like, wow, this is expectedly unexpected. Um, mm -hmm. So I got really excited. Yeah. And he was utilized was quite well. well. He, he seemed intelligent. Like, he just seemed like a smart dude. 
This is where we disagree. Oh, no. I think he was dog shit. <laughs> I think he was very bad in it. And I think there was some distract, uh, directing issues. Because, like, the first introduction that we get where he talks to Doctor Strange, he looks at a different planet. He's It's not lined up. And I was like, this is, oh, my God, what is happening? Obviously, I can say, okay, everyone was in a green screen shot like that. But then it, it took me out of it. So that was the whole thing, technically. Technically not on him. Just like bad direction. I'm say, it's like you're and then I thought fucking... his performance was super strange. What was that? I I, th I think his his performance was strange. I I didn't connect with it at all. I thought it was super theatery. It, it didn't. I I thought it was just like so not connecting with me. And I thought like a lot of people want this. It's not working. And I love John Krasinski, but it just completely fell flat for me. Uh and I was surprised. I like. I liked it when he went string cheese. Um, that was funny. And I disagree. I thought he came off as an idiot. <laughs> as did most of the characters because I guess they were written in a way where like Wanda shows up and she just, I guess, kills everyone, mm. which uh, we'll, we'll get to in a second. Um, but, but, but yeah, I, I, I just thought that moment was super weak and it should have been like one of the best moments of the film, at least for fans. And um, yeah. So I, I think I'm definitely in... in Look, alone here. I, I enjoyed it. Like, I got excited. I, I actually, because yeah. there was obviously a lot of references and stuff in this film, and same as Spider-Man, and there were certain moments that got ex got me excited in Spider-Man that other people didn't get excited for. I got excited when I saw mm -hmm. Reed Richards. Like, it was, and I was just really hoping we'd see some, like, because obviously Reed Richards in the 2005 Fantastic Four, obviously... CGI was definitely a different breed back then. CGI now is a lot better. Yeah. So I was hoping to see some crazy shit. I was expecting to see some crazy shit. Because mm -hmm. again, we're going to see a Doctor Strange movie, which is a visually pleasing superhero, and also made by a very visual director. Which, at the end of the day, I have to mm. say, I my eyes were orgasming the entire way, because I did think this mm -hmm. film was awesome in its... Uh, cinematography presentation in, in the whole the way that the film was presented to my eyes was great the way that the story was written was dog trash and that's where it mm -hmm. all falls flat for me but to see it come to yeah. life from that uh, from from a, uh, a director who can craft films quite well and also from a superhero that you can do some crazy shit with super exciting I agree I think whenever Sam Raimi got to do Sam Raimi things mm. Um, I think that the movie was was at its best, uh, but also it, it's hard to say like when Sam Raimi comes in with the story, and how much that is influenced. I said that in a really um, Canadian way. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> okay, throwing myself off, but uh, <laughs> just an observation. No, but um, I agree. I think visually, this movie has a lot of interesting stuff going for it, and. It is dragged down by not being really a multiverse of madness. It's just like, it's Doctor Strange and he's in the multiverse sometimes. Mostly not. Multiverse of MacGuffins, mainly. I, actually, like the MacGuffin thing is something that I also wanted to talk about. Because they introduced, like, there's a bad book that makes you do bad things, but a lot of power. But there's also a book that's good and do good things and you can destroy a bad book if you get it. Mm -hmm. But then they get Bad Book, and Bad Book is immediately destroyed. So the whole MacGuffin storyline was for nothing, and it just caused a lot of 
like it, that's that's all right if you then go a different way but it caused a lot of exposition upon exposition and exposition and i got super bored with this film and i was waiting for another crazy sequence and to me there was also a bit of a mismatch with the comedy and then the more serious parts i don't know about you for me it didn't really work when it was very silly and i think that's intentional at least to a point well, like the speech that Doctor Strange gives at the end where he's like a zombified thing and like he jerks around as he talks to Wanda. I think it's Wanda or, or America. Can't remember. Um, yeah, it, it, it feels a bit silly. <laughs> and I, I, it's, it's supposed to be this heartfelt moment, but it's also, he's also a zombie. Um, but I don't, I don't know. What did you think about that? Um, I guess the finale. Oh, we also skipped over Xavier. I was just going to quickly say, to wrap up the last and gets his section, um... Yeah, cameos. They all died. <laughs> what was the best death from from those? I guess. Who would you like <laughs> to see die the most? Um, as I said, uh, Black Bolt with his head exploding was fucking sick, Black and I was Bolt. like, mm. "Whoa, yeah, shit's about to throw down." So, I completely agree with your statement. I think that the exposition that is in this film is, you know, a stack of paper where the actual interesting part yeah. is literally from the cameos and that's it. So once we reach mm. these cameos, right, I feel like the film definitely changes a little bit because they've introduced the multiverse, they've explained mm. the fucking books multiple goddamn times, and they will still continue explaining the books throughout. It's not until we reach yeah. kind of the death of Xavier, we see that Wanda's, you know, still in there, but we want to save her, but we're not going to save her anyway the film kind of changes into this one last big chase up until the end, okay? Uh, because Wanda's mm -hmm. back. She's taken form. And I enjoyed the sequence of them running through that uh, corridor, closing doors, Wanda's bashing it through. Yeah. And he's like, hold your breath or whatever, and floods water and stuff. So, like, the scenes from there are quite fun to watch. And they do have a good mix of action and a bit of comedy here and there. But to get to the, I guess, the the climax of the film. Um, mm -hmm. uh, Wait, actually, I, I do have a quick um, sidebar before mm -hmm. we do that. Because we joked about it before that, you know, the connections with maybe Fantastic Beasts. But the more I think about it, it's like similar to what we said. I think overall, it's a better film, by far a better film. But... The, the visual approach to showing the magic in both of those films, we said, like, there's some good moments in there, but the story falls flat. That's another parallel. And uh, ultimately, I think we'd agree if this movie had leaned more into <laughs> the Illuminati version of Mordor and Doctor Strange being gay, like they kind of held off from, from Grindelwald and Dumbledore, this would have been a better movie overall. Oh, way better movie. Uh, so the connections don't end there. Exactly. So um, I, I think there's also like the, the I think when Disney does it, it always feels like virtual signal because uh, virtual signaling because they're always doing it in a way where you can just cut it out really quickly. Um, and I think the introduction of or like the flashback for America Chavez, my mom, we haven't <laughs> talked about her, her mom's and um, her like like let's stop this movie have her reflect on this and then move on and it was so transparent that like okay we just cut this 
cut this mm. bit out of the movie for like certain places. And I mean, they didn't for, I think that's why it didn't play in Saudi Arabia or mm. something like that. They kept it in, which props you such a good job, Disney being progressive. But I, I it feels, it feels weird. Like they have, they have these two lesbian characters and then, or I don't know. She just has two moms and, Boom, they're dead. <laughs> Gone out of the universe. It was just basically a reference as well. And we did our job. We have a character that's, um, I guess, tied to someone who's LGBT. And yeah, I don't know. It, it felt a bit odd uh, the way that it was like, this is our now representation. And it, it always feels feels weird when they, when they force it in there in a way where it's like, look at us, we're doing something good. But that, that's me done hating on the film. Let's, let's talk about the finale um, on... On a big hill, uh, Northman-like, yes, big hill, no volcano, no volcano, um, big battle. And only one person dies. No volcano, minus points. Only one person dies. Um, also not naked. I which think for I guess me, I'm fine with, with the finale. As I said, it's kind of like I, I, I don't like the first. I don't like the opening of the film, and I don't like up until the point that they get to the Illuminati, and from there it's kind of like a roller coaster ride. It's more like an MCU film, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh. I feel like it was just poorly paced, and I think that the film has a lot of issues with stupid dialogue and just a lot of exposition, but at least in this last part, it is entertaining enough, and the magic does get mm-hmm. a lot more fun. So, as I was saying, the battle between Strange and Strange with the music is awesome, and I think for yeah. me, the finale where... Uh, oh, her name is blanking from me. Um, Christine Chavez. No, no, Christine. Um, oh, Christine is uh holding back yeah. those little nightmare demon thingies. Uh, because Strange is using mm-hmm. the dark hold. Uh, is really exciting when you know he he can't get to the building and she's like, "You're the master. You're the master of the mystic arts." And he's like, "Oh yeah, fuck yeah, I am." So. In hindsight, for me, I really wish there was like a, a another subplot for Strange because Strange really doesn't evolve in this film. And again, that's why we feel like he's a backseat driver mm-hmm. because America learns her powers. Wanda comes full circle and this is her clim- epic climax. Wong, I guess, is tested as the Sorcerer Supreme. But Strange, his only thing is, I guess, letting go of Christine. And that story is so deep in all of these other ones and getting a third eye and getting a third eye but i feel like having strange have a i guess like a bruce banner performance issue thing throughout the film would be kind of be kind of interesting where he you know very sam raimi would be very sam raimi you know kind of like spider-man 3 oh sorry yeah spider-man 3 vibes yeah two two that's it um no two 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 Mm -hmm. where you know he he just he, he he can still do magic but you know he he just doesn't have it all there because he he doubts himself and then you know he could have read like a mm-hmm. prophet you know like you know how Wanda has this big old statue that says she's going to be the chosen one you know she'll destroy the earth or let it rise or whatever um there could also be like another one where yeah. it's like and then there's this professor or doctor um who is the master of the mystic arts and I really enjoy that line where mm-hmm. it's like you're the master of the mystic arts and he's like true and then he starts like grabbing the fucking dudes and he fucking flies across in like a Batman style cape. I was like, <laughs> dude, this is what I came yeah. to see with Doctor Strange. I want to see some crazy imaginative things 
put together and he uses that magic. So to have that only happen really at the end is for me disappointing because it should have been done throughout. You've got, again, a great director who can do visual cues and uh, incredible visual effects. We know that, especially from the first uh, couple Spider-Man movies. Um, we know that this guy is mm-hmm. creative and we know that the MCU team for Doctor Strange is also creative because Doctor Strange 1 is such a fucking trip and it's really well done. I don't know why it wasn't utilized here more. So that last little battle, Zombie Strange, you know, him being like, who says they have to be alive? I was like, ah, you fucking little tri-. You know, <laughs> At the start, I was trying to figure out why yeah. are they burying him? Why are they making such a big deal of him being here kind of thing? And then it all came full circle and I like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But for me... Unfortunately for Strange or Doctor Strange 2, you know, Strange doesn't have a great arc. There's too much exposition. It's too messy. The dialogue sucks. It's too cheesy. And I know that people are like, oh, it's, you know, very Sam Raimi, mm-hmm. 2000 Sam Raimi super, superhero movie. It's like, yeah. no one makes... It's been 20 years, guys. Yeah, Move on. <laughs> it's like no one, like, movies evolve, right? If someone came along and made a movie yeah. very similar to, say... Uh, okay, no, actually, you know what's a great example of uh, cinema changing? Stanley Kubrick's filmography. Of... Look at his f- like first couple movies, mm. like The Killing, for example. The Killing yeah. is such a, yeah. uh, what was mm. it, 50s or 60s film? And then his next films, yeah, you, you see a big yeah. shift in the way that the whole of Hollywood changes, right? It becomes more modern. And you can see that evolve with his filmography up until especially like Eyes Wide yeah. Shut, which would be considered one of obviously his most modern one. But you can see the change of yeah, filmmaking, right? One, yeah. You don't make mm-hmm. a yeah. 2000s superhero movie in 2022. The whole landscape has changed. Yeah, There's not one superhero movie, mm. movie, movie being released every year. There's 17 of them from fucking 70 different studios. So you need to change up the formula and not do something that would have worked when the cheesy superheroes were around. They're not wearing fucking spandex. They're wearing like proper suits. But Lachlan, they're doing multiverse. They're doing multiverse. Wow. <laughs> That's but different. But the storytelling yeah. is like that. And people who are like, oh, you know, it's very much mm-hmm. Sam Ra- Ra- Raimi. Ra- Raimi? Rami? I keep saying. I keep wanting to go um, Raimi. Uh, Rami Sam Malik. Raman. And then I keep wanting to go Sam Raimi. Um, yeah. It's so Sam Raimi. But it's like we don't we he shouldn't be doing that. Not for this movie. You know, get a get a stupid superhero and do something like that. But for a Doctor Strange movie, it's not a quirky film, it's a trippy film. Um and I guess the only kind of mm-hmm. movie that you can say works like that is if you fully lean into it like X recently. X was a perfect example of mm-hmm. kind of like old horror retold now in 2022 because they leaned hard into the storytelling aspects of that with a couple modern twists here and there but you can't be like oh we're going to take this style and this style and this style so yeah i i think i've had i think i've said everything i need to say about this film everyone knows my feelings yeah we we talked about it a bunch and i think you can see where we are kind of torn um on where we I think we agree that there's a potentially really good movie in there, but the exposition at the end of the day is just bad. And I don't think it's the worst. And I don't think it's the worst MCU movie to date. And I don't think it's a terrible movie. Where where, where would you think it would rank? 
in um, like you know what would be kind well, of not fucking number too many. one there's 28 <laughs> um what what let's go is it number two on, i really actually have to pull it up look if 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 it's going to be of like the recent mcu movies like I I kind of I don't even know if I want to say because I really can't remember it. But I had I had a thought that I was like, did I enjoy the internals more than I enjoyed this movie? Oh, that's a really hard question, actually. For me, it's like the the top of the bottom third of yeah. The I would say it's kind of like there as well. That's generally where I'd put it. Yeah. Um. As a sequel, I think everything besides Thor two would be better than it. I think I think the way you described it, the top of the bottom third is a great example of I don't know because I didn't think that all of Eternal sucked, and I didn't think that all of Black Widow sucked either. But I have mm. I have more time in this film disliking it than I did enjoying it. That's my issue. Where yeah. I feel like in Black Widow, you know, it just sucked in like kind of coming to the end, but the the majority of it was fine, and the Eternals was fine throughout it was just an editing issue an editing issue so oh man this is actually kind of difficult man can they just stop doing I, I think i think the worst <laughs> the worst mcu films are just mediocre films that you know I, I, but i think they they haven't haven't really had someone that uh, haven't really a fil- had a film where i was like i was gonna walk out it's that bad mm. Uh, and you know what? Then it's hard in in the middle tiers to kind of and you know it's, it, it's all just it's kind of it's kind of in the middle of it. It's still better than like you know? fifty yeah. to sixty percent of what DC's putting out. It's still better exactly, than yeah. a lot of and other superhero movies. And actually, a lot of it's other not movies just all Zack Snyder. Um, yeah, yeah. I think um, I think I would agree. I think yeah. we're gonna agree with you. It's in the top of the bottom third of the MCU movies. And where would you arrive at as a as a rating for the film? I'm still throwing up between two and two point five, but I think that I'm just gonna land mm-hmm. at two point five because there are moments that I got quite giddy, but you know, it's not a it's yeah. not an entertaining film where Spider Man mm-hmm. Far From Home was entertaining throughout. Yes, I had a lot of flaws, but the entertainment factor took it away and I think they handled the cameos way better where the cameos were kind of just thrown in here, so uh, sorry, when I said yeah. Far From Home, I meant No Way Home. So, uh, I'm going to say two and a half. Yeah, I would also land on the two and a half for it. And I think we forgot to talk, or we haven't touched on the, the, the I guess, the post credit scenes, which was maybe, I would even go lower for this, because, like, after seeing a charming um, second post credit scene of who was a bridge, Bruce Campbell, um, telling us like the movie's over i think it's like breaking the fourth wall as well I, I can't remember but i was just super annoyed that i had to stay for a couple more minutes just to see that and it's like a very sam raimi thing a film a thing he's in pretty much all of his films he was in evil dead but i was just like okay you're 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 taking my time and i, I didn't enjoy this film so i was just being i, I didn't was even stay with that already. i stayed for the and i thought that the charlie's charlie's theron one and then i just left and that was a horrible, horrible post credit scene. Yeah, and then he was like, he went outside. Third eye appears. I was like, oh hi there, Chalice Ferron. I'll, I'll go after you. And apparently, that's Clea. She's a character in the comics. They hook up or whatever at some point. So I guess that ties into the future. But it was such a nothing thing. It's so random. 
Um, ter- terrible po- post-credit scene. I-, I don't know. I don't know if Marvel's losing their marbles. Uh, if Marvel is losing their marbles. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, th- that's that. Uh, two and a half for both of us. Um, if you're a Marvel stan, you've probably seen it. A Marvel cuck boy, as we like to say. Cuck lord. And uh, cuck yeah, lord. that's cuck cuck lord, yeah. cuck cuck sorcerer supreme, supreme cuck lord. Um, all right, let's stop this and uh, let's give you a quick uh, overview of what's <laughs> releasing uh, this week. Um, today, as we record and out for you already is on the count of three. Uh, we look at we looked at the trailer earlier on today's show. Um, you can watch that on a limited theater run over in the US and it's out on VOD right now. Uh, we also got Firestarter in uh, wide release with Zac Afron. Uh, a girl with extraordinary pyrokinetic powers fights to protect her family and herself from sinister forces that seek to capture and control her. And then um, next Friday on May 20th, we got the new Alex Garland film, the director behind Ex Machina and Annihilation, um, called Men, um, brought to you by A24, starring uh, Jesse Buckley. And if you've noticed, uh, luck on you finished, Our Flag Means Death. Um, the, I, I'm blanking on his name right now, but uh, one of the guys who plays two different yeah, characters in the, that the show, twins. who has a twin he brother, he also plays all oh, the men well. in this, which is super funny. Yeah, and then uh, we also got Downton Abbey 2, A New Era, uh, out for all those um, British uh, TV show fans. Apparently there's six seasons of this, so I guess quite a bit to catch up if you're not too familiar with it. And then we are getting um, the third volume of Love, Death and Robots on May 20th as well. So uh, that's it for uh, what you can catch. Um, Lachlan, do you have anything um, that you would tell people to go um, seek out your picks of the week of what to watch? All right. So yeah. I guess since we're taking uh, a little bit off for the cans, cans? How do you say it? Ca- you say cans, don't you? <laughs> it's, it's cans. Gun. It's, cans. it's n- it, well, it, can. Well, Americans say can, but the way you said it, I was like, is that in the north of, of Queensland in yeah, Australia? Cans. Yeah. Cans. Uh, yeah. I guess since you're going to Cairns, but, but yeah. uh, people have a bit of time off. In that time, at least in Australia, mm-hmm. the uh, 4K of the Batman should be coming out. So I'd recommend people go check that out if you can, because I'm definitely going to be getting that. Uh, that I think that comes out on like mm-hmm. the, the 1st of June, I believe it is. Um, other than that, uh, mm-hmm. with Love, Death, Robots coming out, I'd suggest go watch the first two seasons of that if you haven't, because there are some absolute bangers yeah. in there. Some flops, but some absolute bangers. Uh, and if you have a computer or a gaming console and like to play a top-down RPG of some kind, I'd recommend Disco Elysium. It's uh, quite a fun and depressing game at the same time. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, I think I would go with uh, Atlanta. Uh, that's wrapping up its first season. And uh, we'll be done before we come back. Uh, I'll share my thoughts on that on um, the Young Graph podcast. And maybe I'll have a chance to talk about it quickly again um, when we get back. But in the meantime, go check out Atlanta. Uh, it's really creative and fun. And then uh, the movie just re- that released today on the count of three. Uh, go give that a watch. Uh, I guess with the trigger warning of suicide that should be planted. Um, that should be said at, right there. But uh, yeah, um, that would be my pick of the week 
And um, that brings us to the end of today's show. Uh, again, next week, we won't be here. We'll be taking a break as I'm very busy watching all the films over at Gun by myself. Luck on next year. I'll invite you as well. I'm very sorry. Uh, and then uh, we'll do a gun recap with a uh, guest um, to be determined. We'll announce that closer to when it actually actually comes out. And then, Lachlan, you are getting two weeks off, and then we return. I'm going to go to a retreat. Yeah, you're going to have another I'm gonna go vacation. I'm going to go crash another fucking drone. <laughs> oh, no, that's very sad. Actually, let's play the episode out with that clip again um, of Lachlan's drone crashing. So rest in peace. Rest in peace, Johnny.